Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. Hello and welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm David Hepworth and I'm joining the pod this week by... Rob Fitzpatrick. And... Mark Ellen. How's everybody? Very well indeed. Good, thank, thank you. David. Had a nice week? Mmm, rather. Any <laughs> high spots? Well, uh, mm. Wife's birthday. You went wife's out to that birthday. very expensive restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah, wife's so. birthday. Went to Fino. We took the wife to Fino on, uh, a few days ago. Very lovely. Quite a lot of pork. Quite a bit of sherry. If anyone from Fino is listening, we'd love sherry. to go there again. Yeah, we would, actually. As your yeah. guest. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Perhaps every day. Pork and sherry, it sounds Pork and sherry, yeah. What about you, Mark? High spots of the week? High spots of the week, blimey. Um, that's a rough one, actually. 35-mile bike ride. Sorry, I didn't go to see Frank Zappa tonight. His children, supposedly. I'm going to say you're not see <laughs> no, yeah. not going to see Frank Zappa. No, I'm not going to see because I can't get in. Yeah. Frank no. Zappa plays Zappa. <laughs> That'll be exciting. Won't it? Yeah. My oldest son. Oh, We've right. become a massive Zappa convert. So it's a multi-generational audience. It is it's a multi-generational be. show. Exactly. Couldn't be better. Good, great. It's a heritage event. A heritage event. Yeah. Well, I, my, uh, my visit of the week, I was very fortunate. David Holly, I've got to give him, a, give him a plug here from EMI, who listens to the podcast, uh, invited me to go and look around the EMI archive nice. out in Hayes in Middlesex. Mm which is where they used to manufacture millions of Beatles and Pink Floyd records, mm. and now it seems to be largely given over to this vast, great Raiders of the Lost Ark type, you know, huge warehouse full of, um, full of all, the, uh, all the tapes and all the bits of artwork and photographs and everything throughout EMI's extraordinary history, and it's the biggest record collection you've ever seen in your life. So every single record they ever produced on the EMI label, there is a copy of? Well, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's their intention, yeah, and damn nearly, and, and by that you don't just mean the albums, you mean the singles yeah. and, you know, the like EPs. Elton John's have. Except probably more so. So yeah. if I wanted a copy of the Roaring Boys' first single, and I went down to see your pal in Hayes, I'd find it. They might say that was on CBS, I think. Oh, was it on CBS? What about if I said, have you got a copy of the uh, double pack seven inch of Crazy Heads Have Love Will Travel? Was that on EMI? That was, on yeah, EMI. Okay. That was CBS too, I think yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they may well have it. So. Can I start with some mail? Extra- yes, We're go on, on, the mail. Andy Franks has written in. Hello, Andy. I remember Andy Franks. Do you remember him? Excellent fellow. And he says, oh, following on from that. your erstwhile... I wouldn't say that. 
Your erstwhile Sydney correspondent, Mr. Probert. God bless, bless Mr. Probert, too. Would you kindly pop a flag in for me? He's he said, in I Australia. To, yeah, he said, I, I listened to the podcast while driving my kids from school, to and from school, in between listening, of course, to copious amounts of John Coltrane and Sun Ra. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why that came out of appeal, actually. He says, P.S., thank Mark for signposting upcoming adult terminology. Mm. I usually manage to summon up a covering <laughs> laugh or cough when my children are in the back of the car. Well, I can do it now, actually. Are you going to cough? I'm going to tell, no, I'm going to cough because I'm going to tell a one-liner. Okay. Which is my favorite, one of my favourite rock and roll one-liners currently, which mm. was at Live Aid. You probably know this, Rob. At Live oh, Aid, do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Absolutely. beginning of Live Aid yeah. started with um, a piece of footage of Bono. Mm-hmm. And this was, as you remember, broadcast all over the country. This is Live parks, Eight. Live, Live Eight. Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into parks. Um, with well, huge diamond vision screen set up. There's one in Glasgow, thousands of people, um, you know, all quite well refreshed watching Bono. Because he, of course, he starts, great bit of heckling, and he yeah. starts, as you may remember, clicking his fingers like this. And he says, Every time I click my fingers, a child in Africa dies. And someone shouts out, Well, stop fucking doing it then! <laughs> Shouting is brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. It? Yeah. That's the voice of people. There. It is, exactly. Yeah. So you're going to start with a piece of mail about a famous hacker. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. That, uh, we were talking about whipping post last week on the Allman Brothers band live at the Fillmore East, Rob. Of which I'm sure you have in every one of my all-time favourites. Oh, Graham, Graham, Graham Davis says for whipping post. Yeah. Graham Davis says thanks very much for explaining the genesis of whipping the whipping post heckle. Quite some years ago, Frank Zappa, that man again, released a record with a live recording of an elaborate arrangement of whipping post, saying that he had heard it requested by the more refreshed. Again, refreshed element of his audience, and so he decided the band would learn it. That's brilliant, isn't it? Mm. Just to be so ready. people used to shout out, "That's so Frank Zappa, isn't That's it?" Very so cool. curmudgeonly. <laughs> so instead of just sort of sitting there shrugging yeah. and going or ignoring it, yeah. like, they actually learned whipping posts, and every time anyone requested it, they would, which would stop them doing it very quickly, actually, because it lasts about three quarters of an hour. Mm. That's fantastic. That is a brilliant. And I think got one there also about Amy Mann. I think you about Amy Mann did something similar a couple of years ago. Uh, she had the band learn Sweet Home Alabama, Home Alabama for just such an adventure. Just in case somebody yeah, asked because you check below the Mason Dixon line. It's that's a written, yeah. so. So if you're going to go out as a well-equipped rock and roll band, ready for any eventuality, mm-hmm. it's kind of like having you know, it's like having an airbag in a car or a parachute in a plane, isn't it? You prepare you know, yourself. You should have six numbers yeah. that could satisfy even the most disgruntled crowd, shouldn't you? Everybody should be able to play Wild Thing or Knock on Wood yeah. or, or Dancing Queen or something, you know. Yeah. It should be. It should be compulsory. It's perfect. My girl is red hot. It's things like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. go wrong. So anyway, Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can play the Ace of Spades. So I've got to ask you: Has anybody seen the uh, very excellent documentary about Factory Records that's been on? Uh, it's been on BBC Four, I think, this week. You know, they showed these a few times. Anybody seen that? No, I haven't actually. No, but I have. Uh, well, I've seen some clips of it, but I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Well, I watched it last night. Slivers. And it's terribly good, I have to say. Mm. And I'm not the world's biggest student of factory records, but it's a hell of a well-told story. Mm. And it obviously features prominently Tony Wilson, you know... Presumably, this has been done over the last over the last couple of years, mm. and uh, and all the usual suspects and new order, and it it's just an extraordinary story. You've seen the Joy Division movie, haven't you? Yeah, it's on Inca- Inca- yeah. yeah, which is terrific. But I was going to ask you if they, what their version of the of the contract story is. 
Because Anton, of course, the, the legend has it, of course, that, that, that Joy Division made Tony Wilson sign the contract in, in his own blood. Well, that's what they say in the document. Oh, they yeah. do? Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Anton rather milks this because they, 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 he manages to do this and looking rather pallid at the end of the experience, they then inform him that, I don't know, something's spelt wrong. And he's got to give him the laugh pint, but and he <laughs> theatrically passes out oh. on the floor. Oh, so man. I think that's where it's probably <laughs> slightly overcooked. But that, so they claim that's true as well, do they? Yeah, I think, well, I think so. Nobody said, well, it's like anything around a record label like that, isn't mm. it? It's like Factory or Sun or Motown or whatever. Nobody is going to deny a good story. No. Because why the hell why would you? Why would you? No, exactly. Because that's, yeah. that's how you build the legend. Exactly. But, but I was, that's all I was struck by watching it uh, last night and, uh, and watching the interviews with the members of, uh, of New Order and talking about Joy Division and what happened. Is It strikes me as an absolutely extraordinary and almost unique case of a band that everything they wanted to do they were allowed to do. Yeah. And it nearly even always re- went wrong. Yeah, even the really, really bad ideas were allowed to do them, yeah. In but fact, that, was quite that, a lot, that yeah, was the greatest kind of a revenge yeah. on punk, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? We're not going to get out of London. All right, you yeah. don't have to. <laughs> we're, we're, right. gonna, we're not going to mime on top of the horse. Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to produce a record with a sleeve that's so expensive though, yeah. that we actually lose money with every copy. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. 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 fine. I love it. Be my guest. So it, it works. It, yeah. kind of, it, it sort of sinks mm. below the waterline. This, yeah. this incredibly uh, you know, long-lasting myth mm. that, that the, the fortunes of people in the music business are run by chaps with big cigars yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting behind enormous desks who won't let them do anything. Yeah. Because actually, they'll let them do nearly everything. There's a big thing about um, about the design of the first Joy Division album sleeve, mm. which, if you remember, was a kind of yeah. was a wave, was yeah. supposed to be a no, scientific sort of. yeah. a yeah. map of an imploding star or mm. something like this. And they were interviewing Peter Saville, and he said, well, we looked at it and we thought... Does it need to have the words Joy Division on it? <laughs> no. Does it need to have the title on it? No. And, and, you think, and they're obviously congratulating themselves on how revolutionary they are. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, hang on a second, Pink Floyd, mm. they never put their name on no. you know, The cover of Dark Side of the Moon, I don't think it has the words <laughs> Dark Side of no. the Moon or Pink Floyd on no. it. You know, Atom Heart Mother doesn't have... You know, I remember buying uh, uh, Wish You Were Here from W.H. Smith's in Woking in about 1982. And uh, that just came. Uh, that came in a in a sort of. It had nothing on it, but it had a sticker in it. And so then, when you bought the plastic sleeves, your LP from Joe Smith, you could put the sticker on it. So then it kept it all the whole thing in there. And you got your postcard and yeah. everything. You know, never there was nothing on the sleeve. So yeah. so the mystique was, you know, was not something instantly invented. No. And uh, and the, this business, I tell you, what's really fascinating. But they would do that in magazines all the time. You sit there sometimes and go, let's hey, let's just put it out with like no words. Yeah. Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, those brief moments. Yeah. You think like you're just like a beautiful thing, like yeah. untroubled by time. Bizarre. And then yeah. two seconds later, you think, and then, then it wouldn't not. say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. like, what does its final tap do? That? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. black. No, more exactly. black, yeah. But they were talking about uh, in the last few weeks before Ian Curtis died that uh, Tony Wilson was talking to his girlfriend on mm. a train from Manchester to London and that she said, I'm really worried about him. Mm. And Tony Wilson said, why? And she said, he means it. And Tony Wilson said, no, it's, it's just art. It's yeah. just expression. She said, no, no. he means it. And that's the conclusion that the remaining members of the band came up with after he killed himself. Mm. He did mean it. Yeah. And Stoner oh. and, the, and the, you know, the Hook and so forth are talking about it, saying, we never used to pay any attention to the words. Mm. We were just, I was over here, you know, people are over here yeah, with yeah, their yeah. bass, yeah. trying to get a decent sound and making sure that I look quite cool. Yeah. 
we knew he was cool over there and we knew he was kind of gripping the crowds, but we never investigated or thought about what he was singing about. Yes, at yes, all. I think, well, it was like uh, in the, the piece in Word last month, I think we talked about on, on the previous mm. podcast, with you, where um, it's revealed that, that um, you know, far from being these kind of maudlin, uh, you know, deathless individuals, Joy Division were actually sort of terrific kind of practical jokers oh, and yeah. pranksters, yeah. weren't they? And forever super gluing Yeah, I don't know if it's included Curtis, but the idea yeah. that they would come off stage and 20 minutes later we'd find scooting down a, a vast stairwell of a hotel in an old base bin or something, drunk and uh, cackling wildly, didn't seem consistent at all with the group that I saw no. on stage. So, I think yeah, it's, yeah, it's also that thing that uh, I think the people outside of bands look at bands and they think, oh, those people in the band, they must really oh, they know what the singer's going on about. And actually, when you're, if you're in a band... One of the things you don't want to know, you're not, you are not going to listen to him because he's just that idiot that's singing. You know, like, and oh, also you, and you, presumably you, you take you, pride in not knowing what you're singing about because, oh, bloody, I'm over here doing this. You know, you don't want that's to know. That's really yeah. interesting. You don't that, want to be that. Kind of self-conscious boys thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to go, oh, I'm really going to sit at home and <laughs> listen to his lyrics and really <laughs> learn. Yeah, really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of listeners, Rob was, you know, miming the actions of somebody a drink. I'm betting a bottle of Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you think about it also, if you remember of Yes, for example, yeah. would you want to go home? Do you remember? When, really. Imagine John Anson comes and he's uh, he, these are the lyrics for Fragile. Yeah. Oh, got to be a round flicks through you know? enormous pad. Yeah, yeah. I know. You, you, yeah. you, you really be sitting on the stage, wouldn't you, just trying to think about something else, probably, yeah. wouldn't you? Anything else. Anything else, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Joy Division New Order, I think, go down in history as the band who were, you know, were allowed to do anything that they wanted to and it didn't always work out their way. No. When they wanted to go, they were finally persuaded to go on top of the pops and said, OK, only if we play live. And they were quite honest about this and mm. said, we were terrible. Yeah. It sounded awful. Yeah. And they played the tape and, and they truly yeah. did sound awful and the record I think it was Blue Monday yeah. went down yeah actually the following week it was the only case I was, when, that was, I, was at sco- I was at school and I had a, uh, had a sort of a girlfriend who went to Top of the Pops and watched because she got tickets because New Order were on and I remember her coming back in the next day and saying that although she still loved New Order they were rubbish. The bubble was burst. Like, yeah, and that was you know, and going to posters peeled off the wall was a really big thing. Well, no, no, she still loved New Order, but she she was brave enough to say they were rubbish. You see, well, it just goes to show, doesn't it? Playing live on top of the pops is a mug's game, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. no, 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 not unless you're Billy Bragg. You I mean Billy Bragg? Did it. I remember very mm. memorably. Of course, Billy Bragg. All he had to do was make sure his guitar's plugged in and was reasonably near a microphone. Yeah. Perfectly all right. It didn't depend on back projections or balance or anything. Like that. No. I thought it was terrific, actually. Remember what he did now? Because McCall's song, I think, wasn't it? New, New England. New England, New England, yeah. yeah. yeah about Billy Bragg's song, I think. Is it a Billy Bragg song? I think so. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. on CBS or EMI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creation. <laughs> so, uh, further correspondence. Yeah, well, 30L in 50. You wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the years on Berserk then. A magazine, a website, a podcast. The word. Further correspondence. Last week we were talking about the very exciting plans to rebrand the Virgin Mega oh, yeah. Stores as Zavi. Because you know what, though, I think that'll make all the difference. <laughs> well, there we go. That's just me. Uh, Paul on on the site wordmagazine.co.uk suggested that they ought to call all the outlets above Birmingham Northern Rock. Right, because that way people would be queuing up no, to right, get. Right, uh, I think so I think it's, it's a very <laughs> good life. He's put two. He's put two See what he did there? normal new gags together yeah. and made a third one. And did you make a story with the word rock in the title? Yeah, yeah, did so you notice? Fun. Did you notice yesterday that Virgin announced also the closure of their uh, of their online service? That's good. It's good. I think that they're they're really going about this the right way, aren't they? Because what it's all about now is trawling around shops looking for what you want, not sitting 
in front of a computer, ordering it in seconds, and yeah, it's being delivered to your door. Well, yeah. But <laughs> it, it's it's one That's of the, over. It's an interesting point though because Rooms with guitars. <laughs> They've closed this, and they've had to announce to all the people who've got their downloads that once they stop paying, they'll oh, be, yeah, they'll of course, be they're locked. Gonna, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. enciphered or yeah. whatever. You know, so you can't yeah. get out. Enciphered. So, <laughs> Nobody so, wants to be enciphered. I know someone who's been enciphered, yeah. but I'm not going to mention yeah. their name. Yeah. So if you've got, if you've got anything, <laughs> if you've you got any of that kind of stuff, if I were you, I'd burn it off onto a CD uh, as soon as possible. Although that might be illegal. So uh, probably first. not in the chaos that's going yeah. on at the moment. Probably isn't. So, um, I'm reading a story here from uh, Associated Press. Have you read this? Woman wants share of James Brown estate. <laughs> I love these stories. Uh, this is really love them. This woman <laughs> claims she's the eldest daughter of James Brown. She's going to be in court on Monday. She's 76. No, she's... Uh, oh, yeah. she, okay, she's 45. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And here's, my qu- here's her quote, Rob. Oh, I love her quote. This yeah. is a great yeah. quote. Yeah. She said, I've been walking around looking like this man for 45 years. <laughs> God almighty. Which is pretty bad going. You can always get yourself a seat on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Gangway! <laughs> Woman who looks like James Brown. Yeah. She's, called, uh, she's called La Ronda Petit. She's a, re- a retired flight attendant and school teacher. What a great name. La Ronda Petit. La Ronda Petit. She's and, uh, for a singing career in yeah. her own right, I suspect. And she's suggesting, actually, that, uh, that James Brown left children all over the place. Uh, No rock star has ever done that before, but... No, it's never been known. She said, he had kids everywhere, and each one of these kids can do something positive. Which is possibly (laughs) counterproductive. If you're trying to get a little slice of, you know, your alleged old man's fortune... Don't encourage all the other kids everywhere, in quotes, to come out of the woodwork. Say, look, I look like James Brown as well. I've been been knocking around for ages. The post-arrest hair and everything. Further to this, I actually found yesterday... James Brown's will. Oh, yeah. Okay. N- not on did your leave you, Emily? He didn't leave okay. me a couple of CBS things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you know, it, 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 uh, you know, it answers a bunch of questions. Yeah. You know, who gets the cars? Who right. gets the money? Who gets the China? doesn't tell you who gets the funk. No. Uh, no, right. Yeah. That's good. But yeah. uh, anyway, it actually says, first line in J- on James Brown's will, yeah. it says, I, James Brown, comma, what comes after the comma? Uh, hardest working man in show business. No, uh, you're on the right. Uh, you're on the new minister of the super super heavy <laughs> funk. It's not. <laughs> it's not. What else can it be? It could be uh, hardest working man in show business. It is. It says. It doesn't say. I'm James Brown. It says. Otherwise, otherwise known as the Godfather of Soul. Godfather of Soul. In the first sentence in his will of his will. Godfather of Soul. And it says. I recognise these offspring as beneficiaries, and he names about five children. And then the next sentence says, pretty much, and that's the lot. Yeah. If, after yeah. I've handed in my yeah. funky lunch pail, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> anybody, funky lunch anybody pail. comes out of the woodwork. They get claiming, on the bad foot. Claim, get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can get up off of that thing. <laughs> and then get back onto it again. Papa's got a brand new will. Yeah. <laughs> Papa's got a brand new paternity suit. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I do not recognise any of them. Okay? And do you know who, who he also includes in that dismissal? The woman he had recently married, mm. and no. the child that they'd had. That's uh, romance for you. So, that's brown. No, the, rap, the child. They, they, that's brown. Yeah. Oh brown. God, you know, yeah. no love lost with James Brown. That would indicate a big, a serial parent, surely. Yeah. And um, there was another quote. Actually, could I take that because there was another quote that I thought. Actually, you know, I thought I read this and I thought, well, maybe she is James Brown's daughter because she says, 
I've been walking around looking like this man for 45 years, as we know. But then she goes on to say, I'm not talking no negative talk, I'm talking about what's right. Yeah, now, to me, that sounds like James It sounds yeah. like James Brown, doesn't so, it? Know, she says, Mama won't tell yeah. no, 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 too far from true. Yeah. It's in the DNA. Yeah. It's a brand Who, new oh, dog. How many children did Bob Marley have? Because I Bob. know the answer. Oh, go on. I know the exact oh, answer. Oh, go on. Go have a stab. Um, 17. Not bad. 13. 13. He had Bob. two with Rita Marley. He adopted two of Rita Marley's previous children by other relationships very gentlemanly on very, and then had eight other children <laughs> with eight other women in that band though there's only one master I we know who that is <laughs> Aston is Family Man Barrett Family Man but how many oh, is shall, we count, yeah. shall we count them go on there's ten there's twenty yeah go on there's thirty no. there's forty no there's fifty no there's two can there be more than fifty children Directly related there's another to two. family members. There's 52. Is this why family, family man Barrett? <laughs> yeah. I think they gave him the name around Stewart about number once. 19, and it's just wrong. Yeah, I interviewed Ron Stewart once, he described himself as a family man. Said, yeah. I like to start a family about every, every two weeks. <laughs> But, yeah, allegedly. So yeah, Aston, but, but, Aston Family Man Barrett, it is Aston. Isn't Aston it? Family Aston, Man yeah, Barrett. Yeah. Wasn't he in court about a year ago yeah, trying was. to get his share of, well, what he saw his fortune. share? Well, you can see why there. Yeah, oh, you can, yeah. Uh, can't lie. That's a lot of mouths, isn't it? It's a lot of mouths. Yeah. And presumably, you know, many of them, must have grandchildren out of uh, yeah, know. an awful. I mean, if you've got fifty-two, How say you've got fifty-two. Is yeah. this fifty-two yeah. that he's copped to? There's fifty-two he's copped to. Yeah. So. God, only, as Brian Wilson said, say, God only knows. <laughs> how, other ones how complicated can one's domestic setup be? I can remember talking once to Brinsley Ford. Do you remember Brinsley Ford of the Mighty Aswad? Oh yeah, no. Yeah, well. and he did. He well, actually wouldn't mind me saying this, but he, he was talking about his children. He said, "Oh, I've got you know, kids keep me up at night." He said, "Oh yeah." So he said, "Well, I've got a, a daughter of uh, six months, and I've got a son of um, four months." <laughs> <laughs> I can remember thinking, "Hang on, back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. How does that work? Run, run that math past me yeah, again. Yeah. Oh, God, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 52. Marley lives on. So yeah. what are our favourite rock paternity stories? Steering well, the, clear the of stories, the stories, the, there's lots of stories about people allegedly being the son of, I mean, I remember, well, it's been denied, obviously, there was a, for a while we were told to believe that Stan Laurel was the father of Clint Eastwood. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and no, oh, yeah. Never heard and then Kid Rock, Kid oh, Rock was the son of Hank Williams Jr. Oh, yeah, I heard you that. heard that one? Yeah. Oh, can I fling in Rex Harrison? Oh, well, who was that? Rex Harrison's the father who? Uh, Rex Harrison. The well, dude, can dude, I fling in Rex Harrison? Why not? <laughs> this is a story. Poyers have a large martini. And, yeah, go on. A story about two people who are both dead, you know, so we're all right. We're in the clear. Um, Rex Harrison uh, was the son of a Liverpool actress and uh, who had a dalliance because it was obligatory in those days if you were a Liverpool actress you had to have a dalliance with George V. <laughs> and all I'm saying is go and look at. Uh, Rex Harrison and go and take that picture and photoshop it onto a stamp okay right. and then just it's a perfect fit you couldn't get a Rizzler paper between <laughs> <laughs> so that, I've always liked that one mm, that's, that's a good brilliant. one brilliant loose living yeah. I, I, there was a lovely Dorothy Parker quote sorry Rob I was boring you with this earlier but I've just discovered Dorothy Parker I think she's so fantastic Dorothy Parker and the rumour yeah, yeah. And she, Dorothy Parker and the rumour that's it's right very good uh, yeah and she talks about uh, the effect of alcohol there's a little poem and she says uh she says, um, um, I wish I could drink like a lady. One or two drinks at the most. Three drinks, I'm under the table. Four drinks, I'm under the host. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's the person that was challenged to use the word horticulture in a sentence. Oh, go on. But she I, said, I, I, you can lead a horticulture, but <laughs> you can't make a thing. That's right. That's, 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 that's quality, it's quite it? sharp. That's good yeah. stuff. And I've been reading up about the extraordinary story of Brian Jones's. Oh, yeah. Um, 
many un- unrumoured children. And because Brian Jones, five, you know, was it? dead. Was five? Well, he, Brian... there's five. Uh, yeah, 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 certainly five. Um, and because he was dead in what 1969, you know, yeah. how did he get round to doing all this? He started when it, when he was he was he about 14. 14. Yeah, he wasn't like terribly that. nice with the with the and, ladies, was he? And he Mind you, that's the impression I've always got. Oh, it doesn't. Not sound, a charmer. Doesn't sound. I think the first girl. There's no Nigel was, Havers, is he? First girl. Who, first first female who was who was pregnant. Via Brian Jones was a schoolgirl, mm. and the second one was a housewife. <laughs> he was, uh, you know, it's not funny. he didn't. It be pool, no. Yeah, but the schoolgirl. It was. It, he was about fourteen or fifteen. I remember mm. this because I think it comes out in that uh, biopic that was made recently. Yeah, Steve yeah. Production. And he, yeah, he's, he's dragged back by his parents and has to go around and see the, 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 the people across the road. And they're standing there with a pregnant, whatever, fifteen-year-old, not very happy. No. And, and um, uh, what did he want all his children to be called? Go on. He tried, and with some success, to have all the boys called Julian. And do you know why? Uh, well, I do you don't, not know? I don't this before. <laughs> no, uh, because well. he was a huge fan of Julian Cannonball Adderley. Jesus. So is I there ever... He couldn't be bothered to remember all their names. <laughs> yeah. it's just shout Julian and five so people come running. He was a fan of Julian and Sandy. You can't imagine him standing over the font and saying, you know, uh, I christen you Cannonball Adderley. Well, it's better than called Cannon- Cannonball, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Julian, I suppose, is OK. As P.G. Woodhouse says, what, what does he say? <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> says that there's some rum work pulled round the front. Round the front. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's good. brilliant stuff. So, yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, the speculation on fan sites and so forth, they say, uh, did, uh, do any of these children get Brian Jones's fortune? To which the answer is, there is no Brian no, Jones' bet. fortune. No. So when he died, he was two hundred thousand pounds in debt. And which is in nineteen sixty nine was a lot of money. But also, he didn't have a songwriting uh, role. No, not very no. many songs because he didn't actually write any. No, no, he didn't write any. I don't no, think. I think he he do you think really that he's accumulated any money since then? Would there a lot of money have come into that? I mean, two thousand two hundred thousand pounds in nineteen sixty nine. What about and a performing rights amount of money? On, you know, but someone, satisfaction or something. Yeah. There must be a couple of quid in there, mustn't there? I suppose so, but it may not be enough to pay off the two hundred thousand. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know what do, what do we always yeah. say? You know, most people in the in the music business are uh, poorer than you'd think or richer mm. than you could possibly imagine, mm. and uh, and you never quite know where those yeah. things go. So, uh, so, oh, the other great paternity story, which does reflect well. On a member of the rock That's community, good. go on, is uh, Liv Tyler. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Liv Tyler, the daughter of Baby Buell, That's Baby right. Buell, uh, well-known paramour yeah. of uh, many musicians, including Elvis Costello, briefly, and uh, and obviously uh, Stephen Tyler. Yeah, uh, and uh, she uh, was pregnant with Liv, and and she changed her relationship. And went to live with Todd Rundgren, who brought her up as his own. Yeah, that's right. Very gentleman. Which is a, again, which is a, a proper gentleman. Yeah. And uh, it's only later on that I think that she adopted the name Tyler. And uh, you know, I was actually reading this weekend the Eric Clapton autobiography, which um, she said was terrifically dull. It's, is that right? it's not fantastic, um, and it should be fantastic, Dave. Because you how would have thought, much more colourful a life can you possibly yeah. have than Eric Clapton? Yeah. Can I just say this? Key, key, this is the key footnote you should keep in your mind when thinking about the Eric Clapton saga. To you, it's a rollicking good tale, mm. right? To all of us. Yeah. I thought you were going to say. It's a terrible tale. <laughs> to well. him, it's a yeah. part of some kind of therapy. It's it's therapy. Yeah. You know, this guy's, a, you know, he is an alcoholic. He's yeah. a recovering alcoholic, or however you choose to put it. Mm. 
And so there's the kind of the thing has to be kept in control. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all part of the the therapy process. Anyway, it was only in the course of this that I discovered that he has a he has a daughter in her twenties, um, who was the, uh, the via an affair he had with a woman who ran a studio where he was making a record. I think out in Montserrat, George Martin's studio yeah. in Montserrat, and. Um, and this girl was born and they lived in Montserrat and then they, her marriage broke up and they came back to live in Doncaster. Uh, I got uh, and I think her name is Kelly. <laughs> but of course, recently with. she's embarked on a music career. Hey. What's she called? <laughs> Can we call Kelly Clapton? Please? She's called Ruth Clapton. Ruth okay? Clapton. Ruth Clapton. Yeah. Ruth Clapton from Doncaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, brilliant. so you, you've got a brand name, haven't yeah. you? It's like Liv and Tyler, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you go for whatever is the yeah, most yeah. famous name. Absolutely. You yeah. take that one because it'll, it'll open doors for you in yeah. In the industry. So, so how forgiving was the... I was looking at some... We were just running a... Uh, get some pictures to go with your review, in fact, of the next issue of Word. The number of women that Eric Clapton's gone out with. And what astonishes you is how young they were. Mm. Alice Ormsby Gore was, was 16, 16 years old. When he first lived with her. Um, 16 years old. Yeah, there's a picture Absolutely of him. He's just come out. He's and won an award, the Melody Maker Awards or something. He's well, sitting he on some steps somewhere with his, his silver cup. Yeah. And there he is with a girl wearing a, you know, kind of hippie... Garb and a you know uh, old sheepskin jacket. Oh, no, what I mean, sheepskin jacket. Those coats have been Afghan, Afghan, Afghan coats. coats. Yeah. Anyway, she was sixteen. Sheepskin jacket. That's yeah. John Monson. going out with a, with a football manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's only a rumor, Mark. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It made me think also um, of, of course Elvis Presley and and his his wife. I mean, right. she was living with him. When she was like fourteen. Yes. Yeah. He said he met him when he was fourteen. Simpler yeah. times. And they were together fifteen or sixteen. But I mean, yeah. it's a simpler times. And can we just while we while we're in this particular murky neck of mm. the woods, you know, let's just reflect once more on Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> Who, when he turned yeah. up here, we, oh, should, yeah, on we, that we talk, shouldn't be. There's cool. three categories yeah. here that Jerry Lee is 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 in breach. Yeah. Okay. By marrying Myra. Do you know yeah. what the three yeah. categories are? Well, there's God's law, David. I'm almost automatically making it four. <laughs> David yeah. about there that, are three, yeah. okay? She is 14 years old. That's one. That's okay. a good one. Well, that's one. Yeah. She is his cousin. That's two. That's two. Again, yeah. that's frowned on in some yeah. parts of the world. Not he, really. And number three, he had neglected to properly divorce his previous wife. Yeah, already. That is oh, three. Oh, God, yeah. 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 Three in a row and a bonus mark. That I know. is just extraordinary. That is good. That's good going. Really. But to be fair, boy people, Lewis, people, it did, it did cause some ripples, didn't it? Whereas, mm. whereas Alice, I can't get over it. Alice always got, look, Mum, sorry, I can't do me, me O level revision because I'm just popping out in a very fast E type Jaguar. Well, I, su- I suppose the thing is, if and you're Alice Ormsby Gore, yeah. then going out with. Eric Clapton and you know going out the sort of they fashionable hip young very, very good career yeah, it's a good, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. what's going to happen you're not going to be left destitute at the end of it are you no because I mean father had been uh, he'd been British ambassador to uh, to Washington mm. which is about as prestigious yeah. an establishment <laughs> position that as you could possibly have oh, darling who is this uh, young fellow uh, Clapton chappie uh, guitarist or something I mean you know would he have had any idea who he was it is, a, it is an extraordinary you know, this is not particularly in the book because he doesn't reflect on things mm. like this. But as a reader, you look at it and you think, this is incredible. Eric Clapton had come from this, you know, fairly poor family mm. in, in southwest London. You mm. know, about as, about as unpromising a background mm. as anybody yeah. could come from. You know, had discovered that... It, that with, the the sister, with the sister that it turned out to be his mother. Sister, mm. well, yeah, mother she'd kind of gone yeah. away. Yeah. But he's, he's, yeah. the woman he thought was his mother was actually his grandmother. Yeah. You know, it was one of those... 
classic cases like happened with Jack Nicholson yeah, yeah. and many mm. other prominent people yeah. that it was a kind of you know a pregnancy kept under wraps and so forth. So it come from this incredibly unpromising background, and within a period of what five years, mm. he's living the life of a new form of aristocracy. Yeah. Totally, you know what I mean? He's gone out and bought this enormous great house, Hurtwood, I think it's called mm. in, in Surrey. £200,000, you know, and goes in there with these kind of, uh, his hippie princess, you yeah. know, and, and lives this completely transformed life. It, it's oh, yeah. It's extraordinary. That's the oh, thing. Oh, that what, they, what they used to call the Rock Broker Belt. <coughs> I, I was born in a place called Fleet in Hampshire, mm-hmm. just the other side of the Hogsback by Guildford. Well, Rob is from Guildford, so Absolutely. you know it. Just beyond there, there was Phil Collins, wasn't there? There was Eric Well, Clapton, just near where I grew up, Ripley, there's very much. Uh, yeah. Ripley was um, just where I grew up, was very much, uh, you know, Clapton. Was down there. And Virginia Walter, do you remember that? Virginia Walter, the rock yeah. just, it was just full of massive, great pseudo-pseudo yeah. piles with, uh, you know, whatever, quad bikes. Do they still live there? Johnny, Johnny Rockstar. I don't Johnny think they Norton really... Rockstar. He does it Weybridge, of course, as well. Not does he still live in Weybridge? Do you remember, uh, was, it, what, was it Billy Connolly when he introduced um, Elton John at mm. Live Aid? Didn't he say, my friend from planet Windsor? Did he? <laughs> That's a very good line. That is very funny. Mm. The idea that these people live in a place that yeah, you, know, totally. you and I just don't yeah, know anything yeah. of. But, I mean, your modern kind of... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Your, your radio head squilly in air. Where does he live? Well, they're in Oxford, aren't they? Uh, but also, right. they wouldn't do anything as, you know, perverse. They wouldn't do anything as naff as move to Weybridge and buy a old probably, tuna pile. Because they wouldn't want to be near golf courses. They wouldn't want to have to play yeah. golf with Mike Rutherford and yeah. Genesis, you know. Yeah. That would be awful, wouldn't it? <laughs> probably but, um, would but no, but probably very few of them make that amount of money that quickly as well. Oh, I don't know, you're radio. Oh, you're radio heads, heads. yeah, sure, radio heads would. You're radio heads. But, um, you're Robbie Williams. You see, they've all gone yeah, overseas. They've all gone, yeah, they've all gone overseas. Not necessarily for tax reasons anymore, have no. they? They just kind of... I suppose they've run away from the press, actually, yeah. to, be, to be fair, and you, you sort of can't blame them no. for that, can you? Bloody press. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. It's just in, boys. Um, James Brown, of course, is the godfather of soul. Has she been on the phone? If I... <laughs> LaRonda. <laughs> if, I, if I said the soul of rock got married the other day, who, who would we be talking about? The soul of the rock. The soul of rock. I know the It's not the list. king of pop, it's not the godfather of soul, it's not the nabob of sob. It's none of those things. I know it's it is. Paul Rogers. The chief Paul, of relief. <laughs> Paul Rogers, out of bad company and free, has decided to call himself the soul of rock. I think there should be a committee, don't you? Yeah, soul S-O-L-E. You can't just go and you call yourself. You can't just vote yourself no, you in. No, can you? you can't. You've no. got to have a lot of, uh, of experts and cognoscentes. Well, we did, this, we did this about a year ago, didn't we, in the magazine? Yeah, exactly. We did uh, the... <laughs> yes, the Pope of Mope. The Pope of Mope. <laughs> who was the Pope of Mope? Chump of Grump. Chump of Grump. Chump of Grump. No, it's based on... The who? The Chump? The Chump of Grump. Oh, I can't remember. Who was the Chump of Grump? Oh, God, there were some good ones, weren't there? Oh, God, I can't remember now, but I just read this article in the the, uh, the Guardian, and the headline was The Pope of Mope, and I just thought this is so funny, we just invented (laughs) thousands of others. So anyway, to to, to read this whole press... (laughs) The Emperor of Distempero. That's right, he was, that's right. Oh, Jesus. So the soul of rock, Paul Rogers, married former Miss Canada... Now, I'm not not saying archetype here at all. Miss Canada... Exercise physiologist Hello. and artist Ooh. Cynthia Keraluk in a surprise outdoor wedding ceremony on their tenth anniversary. What okay? was surprising about now, it? What's yeah. I'm not other, surprised what's at all. Function? What's her other function apart from being Miss Canada? Oh, Miss Canada. I know the answer. I know the answer. It must be she's his manager. She's his manager. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely, well, yeah. and therefore, who wrote this press release? Yeah. 
where she gets her, more credit her, than her. And the Soul of Rock yeah. at TM. Came up with a, she would have written a press release, she would have come up with the phrase Soul of Rock, she would have arranged and paid for the, uh, the hire and the arrangements for all the surprise wedding thing. Everything. Yeah. She would yeah. Have yeah, yeah. He would have just floated in. Yeah, straight off the Queen tour. Or straight off the Queen yeah, tour. Yeah, exactly. And uh, gone, you know, lifted up his sunglasses and, and via and a bit of funny product placement, and, uh, probably on some yeah. sort of uh, you know radio interview, they probably would have got the meringues for free. Yeah. So, so really, from Paul Rogers, we don't have to go very far to to get to the next subject. I just wanted to briefly touch on, which is cool. Saxondale. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Saxondale exists in the same mental corner of the, of the mind, doesn't it? Yeah. We should explain, explain to our mind. international listeners this is a television phenomenon currently. It's all a mm. television phenomenon, isn't it, in the, in the United Kingdom? Starring I think it's picking Steve up. Steve Coogan. I don't know if everyone, everyone yeah. to people listening in China. Japan, well, they can Australia find it. Just go get, go on YouTube. Look well, at go on YouTube yeah. actually, and just you will see the absolutely terrific two-minute uh, extract where um, Tom Saxondale, played by Steve Coogan, who is mm. an ex-roadie, isn't he? That's the key thing. Goes yeah. out uh, of the compound that he's working in to meet some animal rights activists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this guy manages to, to draw blood by stabbing him with a razor blade in the arm, at which point he realises he's legally allowed to... to fight back. ...pulls yeah. out a semi-automatic weapon and shoots you in the foot. <laughs> this guy rolls around. It's very funny. And he, yeah. Eventually he says, all right, well, I hope you get better. He says, one love, doesn't he? Give <laughs> one love. And, uh, oh, that's brilliant. So uh, don't you think the key, the key character point about Tom Saxondale, who is a pest controller, yeah. and, a, and a rather... He has anger management issues mm, yeah. and lives with his girlfriend who, mm. who makes sells psychedelic t-shirts. Yeah. The key detail, the thing that makes it live, and I don't think it's that funny, but I do no. think it's brilliantly observed. It's smile humour. Yes. Yeah. The key detail is he's an ex-roadie. Yeah. Right? It's just, you know, you can't take your eyes off him no. once you know he's an ex-roadie. Because we've all, we've all met roadies, dealt with roadies. And the thing that struck me about it in about roadies, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, is because they spend their lives being kind of the lowest of the low, mm. they get very, 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 very bossy very yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he has this kind of superiority-inferiority complex, yeah. doesn't he? He can't just yeah. either to look up at you yeah, yeah. or to look down at you. And yeah. you give him the slightest opportunity to brag about anything. Yeah. And he'll leap in there with both feet. But he's also a very complicated character because normally in, in, in soap opera or comedy series, it's, it's very plain who you support and don't support. Mm. And the people you support are a sympathetic character. I mean, even, um, even Basil Fawlty is a sympathetic character mm. because in the context of all the clowns around him, mm. he's yeah. relatively sane. Yeah. And uh, the weird thing about this guy is that when he's in roadie mode, you kind of think of him as being wonderful. He's, he's the top of the heap. But actually, compared to everybody else, he's, he's just really tough, complicated and yeah. irksome and quite yeah. difficult. But you finish up kind of loving him, don't you? He, I, was, I had to write this down, um, where he, he takes on the young lad to go and help him on his pest mm. control round. And he says to him, it's part of the terms and conditions, if you've got any music, bring it along and you can play it. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says, no dance bollocks. <laughs> dance bollocks says, yeah. If I wanted to listen to electronic bleeps and farts, I put my foot through the windscreen of the rascal, and here he, here <laughs> yeah, he indicates his, yeah. his uh, Mustang, yeah, you know, yeah. Pride and Joy, and listen to the alarm going off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is clearly a, a line he's kind of rehearsed yeah, in yeah. front of a mirror. Yeah. You know, he's getting getting his revenge yeah. on dance music. So, no, Saxondale, it's, it's very, very good indeed. But look, at this point in the programme, it is customary to finish off, to climax, 
with the uh, the horror, the hoary old horror. rock anecdote, the hoary old rock anecdote. But we've got a bit of a change this week. Are we, are we, are we, are we? Well, I thought uh, I thought we an opportunity to either confirm or deny some of the most prominent items of apocrypha right. that involve popular beat musicians mm. and members of the animal kingdom. Oh. Okay. Okay, Luffy. so I'm going to just chuck a few subject go. headings at you, yeah. and you can tell me the story as you know it, <laughs> and I can tell you whether it's true or not. Okay, okay, because I know everything. You know. <laughs> okay, he knows you know. If I was to say to you, Mark Allen, yeah, Paul McCartney, a chicken, and a taxi. Oh God! Well, okay. All I can remember. Oh, this, this was happening when McCartney was living up in the Mullican Tower, wasn't it? So it would have been about 1972. A, a, a farm in Campbelltown. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right, wasn't it? It is. And he... Oh God, you're going to have to help me, Dave, because well, he, he used had to breed some tea, chickens. bred chickens. And, then, and one of his chickens, he wanted to import, didn't he? A chicken from London. Am I right? No, he wanted to fly in from outside the country. This is before kind of bird flu... Oh, right, yeah. Mania and all this. He wanted to bring in a, a chicken, chicken coming on, on, under his <laughs> own steam, in fact, flying. Very green. A chicken Very to green. form part of a breeding pair. That or something was right, like. yes. And the story was that the chicken was delivered to Heathrow and he had to get it to Campbelltown. And so he sent a black, a black London <laughs> taxi to Heathrow Airport yeah. said, pick up the chicken, take it to yeah. the Mullockin Tunnel. Is that true or is that false? I'm going to say that it's true. Because I like, I like the idea of a taxi driver just turning over, readjusting his rear view mirror to cart. You know, to, to the politicians. There's well, a Nick, there's a, there's a kind of Nick Park chicken. Chicken sound about a pair of sunglasses. Like. Got, who <laughs> let all these Polish people in? I can't believe it. A chicken just so Mark says it's true. What do you think? I think it's true because actually it would be, it would be a, a very simple way of getting it. You wouldn't have to think about it too much. Stick it in a cab, Bosch. Well, he doesn't care about Bosch. Bosch. I don't know, it's done, isn't it? Get a receipt. Get a receipt. Okay, it's, it's, sorry, chap. It's, it's, it's a game show now, isn't it? Is it true or false? <laughs> it's, it's, yes. <laughs> it's a good yarn. It's not true. Oh, it's not it's true. not true. Sadly, not true. Well, I'm still going to okay. go on telling If I were to say, all right, Roy Harper and a sheep. Oh, that's true. That's Roy Harper I know that's and true. a sheep. Come on, tell everybody well, the story. All right, the story was, and I know the answer to this because I know his manager or ex-manager, Peter Jenner, mm. who I once asked him. I remember this really well because I was a huge Roy Harper supporter in the 1970s. And Roy, very disappointingly, um, cancelled a tour mm. uh, in which a lot of people had invested um, and were rather looking forward to. And <laughs> Peter Jenner, <laughs> for some reason, best known to himself, wasn't prepared to say that Roy was feeling he developed some kind of... Um, I, he was ill, but basically. He genuinely was ill. But they thought that ill wasn't going to... You know, it's a bit like... Get the, him off the Yeah, list. it's a bit yeah, like yeah. a contemporary thing now with men in offices. You know, mm. somebody rings up and says, I've got a cold. Because, well, come to work. Because yeah. they've got flu. Then you're allowed to stay at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be upgraded yeah. to flu or else yeah. nobody's remotely sympathetic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he put it out that Roy had developed a rare um, bronchial disorder... Because at the time he was living on a farm, he had given mouth-to-mouth uh, resuscitation to his sheep. <laughs> and I, 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 that's the story. I can remember really well. This was absolutely right. And it was absolutely So did he, he or didn't he? No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. never kissed a sheep. No, he never kissed a sheep. And, and I, I, I could just I he, imagine the his conversation between Ryan. <laughs> he certainly asked one out for a steak and chips and what the loop from us, but it didn't lead to anything, Dave. Yeah. No. They went their separate ways. You know what sheep are like. <laughs> you know what sheep are like. And he's only human. Not on the no, that's right. <laughs> 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 
No, just, I just tried to imagine the conversation between Roy, you know, because usually you're really great when, Roy you, when your manager takes care of it, you know what I mean, and says, oh, they've got flu or whatever. They, they patch over, they give yeah. wallpaper over some gigantic crack in the, in the, yeah, in yeah. the plasterwork. But when you find out your manager's invented a story where you apparently French kissed the sheep and call anthrax, yeah. well, where do you go from there? I know. It's the Sack your manager. The end of management relationship. I don't think it counts. Okay, so Roy Harper and the sheep. Not one. true. Not Seven true. Goals, okay, dog. And finally, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne mm. and the chicken. Oh, do you know this is true or not? Go on then. Well, the story, the story, I, I remember a wonderful guy called Brian Harrigan told me this. He was the editor of a terrific book in 1980 called. Uh, Encyclopedia Metallica. Hello. <laughs> oh yeah, Hello. and uh, and he swore by it, and he said that the Aussie, you at that stage, uh, unbelievably was the uh, the Ozman, the Ozman, the, the Big O, was <laughs> the Double O. Sorry, yeah. oh, was apparently very reliant yeah. on artificial stimulants to get oh, him yeah. through. This seems shocking now, doesn't he? You'd never know. Yeah. to get him through these long and arduous American tours that he was undertaking, and when he got back. After these tours, he found it very, very hard to kind of relax, you yeah. know, and obviously promised himself that, yeah, at the end of it all, at least I go home to my big old pile of the country. And Daniel, you're the. Genuinely, listeners, David Hepworth is not even bothering yeah. to stifle what can only be described as a yawn. <laughs> all he wants me to do is get to the end yeah. and then tell me it's short. Yeah. But anyway, the story is yeah. for those who are interested, David Levy. David's lost all interest. <laughs> and uh, indeed, the story's lost the will to live. No! And what happened was, he got back at the end of the tour, and just imagine, you'd be able to go to sleep in his own bed, be dreaming of it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, peace of God, it's not yeah. Ronies coming in and, you know, playing hilarious practical no, jokes on him, you yeah. know, all that stuff, no, super glued stuff to the ceiling, all members of the Joy Division, I mean, and all that, you know. Yeah. He was going to go home in the old you know, queen-size bed and look at the inside of his leg, yeah. prettily, for an yeah. hour and a half at least. Yeah. But the trouble was, once he got to sleep, it was dawn, yeah. and he hears the unmistakable... Oh, it's his chickens have woke. That's going to be a chicken noise, boy. Yeah. I've got Dave's interest again. I'm going to do more chicken noises. He looks scratch, scratch. And he looks down the bottom of the guy. And the chickens are just think, I can't stand it. I've been trying to get to sleep with some more chickens. Those America like that. He's doing that noise. How am I going to get this? I haven't slept since January, and it's late September. I just finished the chickens. He goes downstairs. Apparently. Finds himself, uh, you know, a four ten, fills it full of shells, and goes there and lays about yeah. his flock yeah. until there's just a pile of feathers. He shoots a lot of feathers, yeah, feathers, feathers, like like Hanna Barbera feathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. And there's a little, there's a little sort of, I suppose, a quad after the storm. <laughs> Finally, the silence has killed all his chickens. <laughs> And he looks up and leaning on, on the on the fence is his next door neighbour who's got him early to He's a lovely old geezer, you know, yeah. in his probably early seventies, you know, just out there doing a bit of dibbing, <laughs> weeding with turnips. Yeah. And he just leans on the chair and says, Unwinding Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought that was so plausible. Cool. I knew it's like yeah. unwinding after he's just perfectly machine gunned all his chickens. <laughs> Dave, tell me, please tell me that's true. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't, don't tell me after all. That would oh, be bad. Oh, I don't know whether that was true or not. I was thinking, no I was thinking it was a story well, about him biting the head off a chicken, which oh, he didn't. No, because he bit the head off what instead, Rob? He built, he bit, he built number one. He bit the head well of two things: uh, a dove and a bat. That's number one. It isn't. That is number one. Yeah. Dove in uh, a... Somebody threw a bat on stage. He thought it was rubber. He went on that. Bit it off. Who takes a bat with them? Well, he used to kill all sorts. Pigs' heads. 
Let me think. How do you get a pig's head into a menu? I'll tell you what, try that. Try that post 9 11. Yeah. We've got another pig's head. Oh, that's fine. Let him through. Brilliant. Oh, How things have changed. I'm exhausted. That's about all we've got. I think time for the Ozzy Osbourne and the chickens. I think they're just done for David. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go down and lie down there. So that's, uh, that's it from us for this week. If you want to know anything more about the magazine, uh, go to the website uh, and uh, wordmagazine.co.uk and join the Facebook uh, Friends of the Word podcast yep. group. Which is gathering pace. Is the one? Every week. Really? Mark, yeah. we've been talking about it for weeks. Have we? Yeah. Have I been asked to join it? It's on the Facebook. Yeah, is it? Yeah. I, know, I, see, I get asked to join the Facebook instance. all the time. So anyway. my, my own magazine is asking me to join. Yeah, I'm I know. Confused. That's it, yeah. That's very unfriendly. I know, it's very unfriendly. And can we just finish? In tribute to Marcel Marceau. Oh. A moment's silence. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.